Welcome to The Burnout Show, a weekly conversation with special guests who generously share their burnout stories with us. We also chat with health and wellness experts on how to best navigate burnout when you're in the thick of it, as well as how to avoid it returning. And now here's your host, Jess Jones. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Burnout Show. Today's very special guest is Michelle Vogrenank. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting to be a part of. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it. I've been really excited to talk to you. Uh, I know a little bit about your story and the brand that you grew, but I will leave it up to you to do a bit of an intro about who you are, what you do now and how you got here. <laughs> it's a very long story, actually, but... Um, <laughs> Go back, go back. You know, I met my husband and we we were very single people at the time and we got together very quickly and baby on the way within three months living to, of knowing each other, not of um, being together. Um, moved in together and baby number two was coming and baby number one had skin problems. So we started uh, working out how to work with his skin and we didn't have a lot of options and I started as the mum, you know, you're like, all right, I've got to solve this problem. How am I going to do this? And started researching. I did skincare blending courses and I started playing around on the stove and came up with some formulations that actually helped my son's skin. And it, it grew from there. It went into this, I'm going to do this lovely little business behind the scenes, you know, my children are going to sleep and, and I'm going to just do this business part-time and it never actually works that way. So... Yeah, so you're going to hear Puffing Billy in a minute. It's going to get noisy. <laughs> you know, you might hear a train. <laughs> the joys of living in the hills. But so we created this amazing brand and it grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And the more people we spoke to, the more people were actually in the similar situation where their sister's baby had eczema or they just wanted something that kept their child's skin in, in nice and soft and and they couldn't find anything. So, yeah, it just grew into this monster. And um, I shouldn't say it was a monster. And it wasn't until we actually sold the brand that I realised what we created. I'm still kind of still a bit flawed by that. Wow. <laughs> so, and it's led me to where I am now. So making decisions on what my next passion is and, and how I can help others and, and what I can do in that space. I don't think you mentioned the brand then. Oh, <laughs> this is what I mean. I don't. Um, guy, guy natural baby skincare. Yeah, yeah, I know. Guy natural baby skincare. So, and most people think it's this massive pharmaceutical company. It's like, no, mm. no, no. It was a husband and wife, small business, family business. Um, and yeah, yeah. Wow. So we're in Australia, and I'm very familiar with the brand, and I've had a couple of children myself so I remember it back in the day and my kids had you know the same sort of issues eczema and the like so it is a very well-known brand here but do you have a, a global market as well? Yeah there was so we were in 26 countries at one stage and we actually wow. pulled that back because the countries were not doing what we wanted them to do or the fit wasn't right anymore we grew as a business and we outgrew some of those supply chains so we sort of revamped everything over the course of time but uh, it was very, very popular in Singapore. Singapore was one of our biggest markets. Sweden, New Zealand, oh gosh, Canada was another a marketplace. We were in the USA for quite a while. We had a trademark issue there. 
yeah, there was lots and lots of countries that loved our products and and I still go places now. So I used to go to the airports and I'd be in the airport going, that's oh, my friend. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was in yeah. Yeah, you're um very modest for having had a, a global business that you you know created from scratch on your stovetop just to because you uh, saw yeah. a gap in the market and you know you needed it for yourself and you filled it. So that's huge. That's a, a massive accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't think we realised what we've actually created until mm. after we've sold. And even now, I, I come across people and I'm kind of like. Yeah, wow, that's a big deal. I think it, someone sort of said to me the other day, I have a finance mentor, and, and he said to me the other day, Michelle, you realise that you're less than 1% of the 3% of the 1% that do that? And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, amazing. So were you, what was your background before you started the business? Were you always, you know, naturally motivated or were you just, was oh, this just yeah. something that came to you and you went, yeah, I've got to do this? No, I'm a naturally motivated person and I'm a curious person. So I was that kid in the classroom where they'd say, and we're going to do it like this. And I'd be like, excuse me. And they'd be like, yes, Michelle. Oh, well, I think that, and then like, just do it like this. And people can be done so many other ways. Or why does it work that way? And they were like, ugh. So I was that why person that always asked the question. You know, your child that says, mom, and you're like, mm hmm, mom, mom. I was that kid that know how everything worked. And when I found a problem, I really liked to get into the guts of it and work out, well, what can I do differently? Or what can I do to make this work? I am a motivated person, I'm a goal-driven person, so mm. that sort of tends to drive me when I find something that I'm passionate about. I sort of go boots in and on off I go. Yeah, can definitely relate to that. So how did you manage your time effectively then? You had a couple of kids, you had this global business, you were, you know, I'd imagine working with distributors, suppliers, all sorts of people. Yep. Huge, <laughs> yeah. How did you manage all that? I didn't. Um, so I actually had a, an adrenal fatigue meltdown right in the middle of our massive growth time. And Mm. not a lot of people sort of realize that now, actually. And when I talk about it to some people that were around me, they're like, how, I didn't even know. Like, so I'm a routine person and it was really important for me to be in a routine in the mornings. Simon got the kids off to school while I went to work early. So that way then I had dedicated time without any distractions to get things done. Being in a home office for, I think it was about four years before we moved into an office, that was hard because mm. you just didn't stop and there was product up the walls and, and you all you talked about was was your business. So having those little things in place after having a bit of a meltdown, it wasn't a bit of a meltdown, it was quite a big one, <laughs> um, but certainly did make a difference and, and learning when to stop and doing that side of things was really important. Mm. So I do that differently now than what I did back then and yeah, we can go into some of those tactics if you like, but um, I do do it differently now than what I did back then. Mm. So at that point that you had that meltdown, as you call it, did you, reflecting back or thinking back now, do you Mm. think there were any sort of warning signs or were you just running on that high, knowing your to-do list was long and you had to get it done? I was running on that high. I was flying by the seat of my pants and I think you wake up one day and go, how the fuck did I get here? Yeah. You're so tired. Got to a point where I, I couldn't, like having a shower was hard and I was asleep 
all the time and thinking something's got to give. I can't keep going anymore. And when you you hit that point, and now I can go, oh, I can see it there, I can see it there, I can see it there and there along the timeline. Um, but, yeah, you, you, you just wake up one day and suddenly realise you're flying by the seat of your pants mm-hmm. and you can't keep going. And if you do, you will crash. That is not maybe, that is a given that you will crash. And I crashed mentally, physically, spiritually, the whole lot. So, yeah, it was a it was a bit of an ordeal. But um, now I know I've actually crashed again in the last couple of years. So after the sale of the business and so much pressure and everything was released, I, then I fell back into a little bit more of a stressed state. Mm. which, yeah, now I can see coming. The good thing was I could acknowledge it and I was aware of it and I may have been able to do something about that. Yeah. So what was the kind of breaking point for you where you finally gave in and said, okay, I need to stop, I need help? When I was driving down the road and I had to be somewhere and I was talking to someone while I was driving and the kids were in the back and I got off the phone from that and I was doing something and I nearly ran off the road because I fell asleep. So, Mm. and when you kind of realize god i could have killed my kids like i could have killed other people i could have killed myself yeah that's when i went something's got to give i can't i can't keep going at this pace and and then you i put on weight like and i've done that again it's okay it's okay um (laughs) i put on like 20 kilos in 12 months and i was like what is going on like and i was already overweight from having my babies and doing all of that and i was like something's not right and i and i just didn't feel right so you know, falling asleep all the time, sleeping all the time, and I just didn't want to feel the way I was feeling anymore. I think you get to a point where you wake up and say, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Mm, and that's enough. when I went, okay, yeah, I, I need to. And I went to my naturopath actually and said, what's going on? Can I have some herbs? Can you just make this go Excellent. away? Um, yeah. I need to work. And she said, no, I can't. And you've got adrenal fatigue. Your adrenals are now completely depleted. And I'm getting some other things here that you need to go and ask a GP to test. So she actually sent me to my GP and the GP did some testing and came back and said, well, you're testing positive to lupus, rheumatoid arthritis. Um, I'd had glandular fever twice in the year. I'd had, so all these other things were going on. So it was so many things that were building up and you, you know, my chiropractor has an, a really cool saying that says, if you listen to your body when it whispers, you won't need to hear it scream. And I, it was screaming at me. So mm. I had to stop or it was going to make me. Yeah. It was going and to it tried to. Say, yeah, not, not, not. yeah. That's it. Over and over it tried to. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Gosh, it's so full on. I'm, I'm feeling exhausted and emotional just thinking about how hard that would have been to go through. And how hard it is to finally say, okay, I need help because asking for help yeah. can be the toughest part. And I, I hear this it's time and right. time again, yeah, in, in talking to people is that, you know, especially with a particular personality, you're driven, you're ambitious, you've got shit to do. The toughest <laughs> part can be saying, I really need help now. I'm not okay. I need your support, whoever that, you know, is that you reach out to. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and it was a case of going, I, I, you know, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't like how I'm feeling. And when you forget one of your children's concerts for school or, and those sorts of things, you sort of realize, oh my gosh, I'm doing all of these things and I'm doing none of them well. Mm. 
Mm. And it's funny because people, like I've done the expos, the PBC expos for 17 years, I was travelling, and so you get to know people really well. And and I wrote about this in a, in a post one day on Instagram and got a massive response. And and she said to me, I never knew. I never knew because you're always a bubbly, vivacious person that you were like this. And I said, Catherine, when we finished at Expo, I was asleep at the hotel at 5 o'clock while everyone else is going, do you want to come back for dinner? I'm like, no. <laughs> I was out cold. And, yeah. and you know, the people just didn't realise and I, I guess I didn't realise either. And when I had employed a new assistant, I'd had my assistant for 10 11 years so when I she moved on and when I got a new assistant she actually said to me do you realize you suffer from anxiety I'm like no no I don't she's like yes you do (laughs) really it was really surprising to hear that and I was really like oh I, I didn't know that Wow. So, you know, all those things where you're constantly in a fight or flight state and you're not coming down. Mm. Yeah, there's so many, so many pieces in this. There's not mm. just one or two things. It's it's a yeah. massive puzzle of, of um, things that go wrong. Yeah. So how many years did you have the business for? 17. Wow. That's I a know. mighty feat. <laughs> I love how you talk about it so casually, like, oh, yeah, bit of business. I from, started from scratch, worked from home, got an office, you know, we were in all these countries and, and then we sold it. Like, it's, that's a big chunk of your life and your, you yeah. know, headspace and energy and everything that you've devoted to that. It's huge. I know. And, and I'm, I realize it now. It's only now I'm sort of realizing that. But I lost my identity too. So along the way, I was the guy lady. And yeah. I was able to hide behind my products. And and I loved, I love, and I still do love my products and go, you know, they're still buying. Um, and say, you know, this is what we've done. It's amazing. And, and it's really cool. But I was also hiding behind that. So using that as a bit of a, a space to go, well, look at this. So you don't, don't look at me. And, and I was the guy, a lady, so it was easy to sort of put on that mask and go, yeah, 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 it's all good and blah, 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 and realising behind the scenes I was dying on the inside. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah it, was a, it was bittersweet in so many ways and it was heartwarming and um, heartbreaking in, in so many ways as well. I bet. So you sold the business how many years ago now? So in July 2019, Sorry, right. a year and a half. It's not that long ago. Yeah. And you said you <laughs> kind of hit another meltdown moment after selling the business. This time around, were you able to see it coming more so than the first time? Yeah, I was. Um, I think because you're on go, go, go. And towards the end of before we sold Guy, there was we were always fighting battles. We had competitors that were constantly trying to take out our business effectively so we were always in court battles so and when you're a part of that legal system for such a long time I just you don't want to fight anymore you get to a point mm-hmm. where you go you know what I'm done I just don't it's not healthy not healthy yeah. at all and so after we stopped and you stop and you're like huh what what hang on a sec and your body is used to going on this cycle and you mm. you stop and and your body almost says and you know when you go away um you take a break and get sick and you're kind yes. of like oh yes. great I'm away and now I'm yeah. it was sort of the same thing but because you I've previously had adrenal fatigue my body just went see ya Oh. Off we go, back down that path again. And that's when I realised again I'd been running on fight or flight for quite some time, mm. um, not to the degree that I was, but I was able to say, hang on a sec, I'm putting on weight again. 
and go, whoa, okay, something's got to change and I need to work with that now. So yeah. I've been able to catch it before it's hit a, a massive burnout stage again. Mm. Still burnt out but not. And it yeah. takes so long to come back from once your body's been used to being in that space for such a long time. Yeah. And what was your recovery like the second time around? Did it? I'm still doing it. Um, (laughs) So for me, um, being aware. Awareness is, I think, one of the most important things. If you're not aware you're in a certain space, you can't do anything about it. That's right. So the awareness is huge. Knowing, stop, I need to rest. I don't care what I've got on today. I'm resting. And the world is not going to end because I'm going to have a rest. So making sure I keep up my physical side of things, move your body. Moving my body when you are so exhausted is really hard. Yeah. But when you get up and you walk, you're amazed at the differences, you know, releasing adrenaline, not releasing adrenaline, but releasing cortisol, dopamine, getting those hits into your body and understanding Mm. those things. Um, So I learned a lot about the body and metaphysics of the body and the brain and how you can rewire your brain and how you can support your body with food. So nourishing foods rather than the junk food cycle, which keeps you in your mental cycle. And I think understanding why you're eating addiction is, is a beautiful thing. So when you have a look at the reasons that you're numbing yourself rather than what you're eating, why you're eating that food, um, Mm. that's made a big difference. Meal planning now, so I meal plan on a Sunday night. I go, right, this is what I'm having for the week. So if I can minimise my go, go, go attitude and actually plan a little bit more, slow down a little bit and acknowledge when I've taken on too much this week, I need to cancel some things off, then that really helps as well. Mm. And I'm a bit of a procrastinator, so... If I get stuck in a rut or I get stuck in a mindset, it takes a lot to get out of. So learning that side of things and your mental capacity is really important. And we bang on about mindset and self-care and all these things that seem to be buzzwords at the moment. But I kind of like to think of it a bit more as your physical, mental, emotional and well-being. It's it's part of your well-being. If you can't function, Mm. you can't do stuff. So I now take the time every morning I get up. When I wake up, I don't lay in bed. Oh, I'm so tired. I get up and I tell myself, you know, it's fine. We've got to move forward. But acknowledging when you have to rest as well. So taking that time out to say, stop, I'm going to rest today. Spending time in nature. I meditate as well. Meditation's a really interesting one. People are kind of like, I want to sit there all quiet, zen like a monk, and it's like it's never going to happen. You need to get used to understanding that noise is around you, distractions are around you, and when you can sit and actually focus on your breath and let those thoughts come and go, it's not about sitting in silence and not thinking about anything, what people kind of think that it is. Um, That's been big as well. Gratitude. Gratitude is a tiny thing that makes a massive difference, practising gratitude. And again, these things take time. People go, I don't feel it. I'm like, a, you know, I'm grateful for water. And I'm like, well, it's got to come from the heart. You've got to, <laughs> yeah. you've got to feel it. You can't just go, I'm grateful for the world and woohoo, and this is going to make a difference, you know, really tapping into that. And I think you have to want to change. Mm. And I really wanted to change. And I really wanted to make my mind healthy, my body healthy, my spirituality and, and join those pieces together. And if you don't really want to make that happen, then you're kind of going to stay in the same place. And I don't want so, to stay in the same place. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. You need to be ready to say, okay, enough is enough. I need to do something differently. Otherwise, I'm going to continue feeling this way or I'm not going to get the results that I'm after because I'm frying myself instead of taking a break and taking care of myself and doing the things that, you know, that are right for you. And your brain shuts off. Your reasonable brain shuts off. When you are in a fight-or-flight stage or your cortisol starts to kick in, your brain literally shuts down and you cannot think rationally. So you can't reason with somebody or yourself when you're unreasonable. Um, it's just if you think of it like that, you kind of, yeah, you know, your teenager when they're sort of, you know, unreasonable like a two-year-old, um, yeah. that's what happens to your brain essentially. So if you can get to that before you hit that space or you're aware okay, I'm feeling unreasonable. Why am I Why am I trying to fight this or why am I upset mm. with someone? And I think it was yesterday or the day, I can't remember which day it was now, I had a really funny day where I woke up and I felt like I was walking in circles and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is not happening. And instead of continuing to fight that feeling, I went, stop, surrender. Surrender is not giving up. It is letting go, letting go of the controlling thing and, and going, okay, what can I do today that's going to be productive and allow me to just be? And I and I actually ended up with a really productive day by just letting go of what I had planned and it was good. It was really nice at the end of the day to go, ha, oh, look what I did. <laughs> I was managed to get on top of it and, and, and work through it. So, yeah, there's so many things, so many things. Oh, what a great piece of advice, just hearing that word surrender because I have a few issues with that myself and I know it's one of those things where people – do the things that they have on their list and the things that they know they need to do. But sometimes it is an uphill battle. And to be able to just say, all right, today I'm just going to focus on the things that I can do or want to do, the world's not going to stop if the other stuff, you know, gets done tomorrow or next week. It's uh, quite an empowering thing. It is huge. And we talk about to-do lists and 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 things like that and planning and most people will have this master to-do list which is massive mm-hmm. and they look at it 50 times a day and wonder why they're overwhelmed so you know I took on the, the method of going okay that's my master to-do list and I'm not looking at it I'm going to take the three things that I need to do today and that's what's going in my diary and that's it so when I changed the way I planned it actually significantly changed the amount I got done in a week reduced overwhelm and allowed me to let go and just actually say, hey, look at this, I'm ticking boxes off now instead of going, I've ticked one thing off or three things off 25. I've actually ticked off the three things I wanted to achieve today. Happy days. I get to go for a walk or I get to go to do this or, you know, then you get to decide. So you take back by letting go of control, you actually take back control. It's quite a a funny thing. And my best friend said to me, she was the one that said to me about surrender. I was like, oh, wow. She, um, we danced together since we were, well, I was four when I started dancing. She danced together from about 12 and she's, she's into salsa dancing. And she said, Michelle, I let go by going to learn to salsa and you cannot salsa dance when you try to control it. You had to surrender to the partner. So she's the one that taught me about surrender and surrender is letting go, not giving up. And people think surrender is about, you know, giving up. I'm Mm -hmm. giving up. It's like, no, 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 you're letting go. Mm. And just letting be what will be. It's interesting. Very interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. Look, I always end each show asking our guest for just one piece of advice that you'd share with someone listening today who's going through burnout themselves. You've shared absolute gold. 
and <laughs> I've been taking some mental notes of myself, particularly the surrender piece. But if there was just one thing you would ask someone to take away from today to help themselves manage their own burnout, what would it be? Look after your body, your mind and your, your spirit. So take care of it. You can't function this gets you through life. Your body is what carries you. It's your vessel. And then your brain is what helps you. And so looking after all those facets and acknowledging when you need to rest and surrender. <laughs> surrender is huge. But, yeah, looking after those things is, is key. If you, if you don't look after those things, then you can't get to the next point. So and make those things a priority. You know, you look after your car, you've got you service your car regularly and we don't service ourselves. So making sure that you schedule time to look after these parts of your body, mind, body, physical, mental, spiritual, whatever it happens to be, and, and enjoy the journey. The journey for me now is the goal, not the destination. There is no destination. Mm, yeah. Journey is the goal. Mm. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today, Michelle. It was awesome to talk to you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you. Take care of yourself. Thanks for joining us. If you're suffering from burnout or want some tips on how to avoid it, join our Facebook group, The Burnout Club Community. If you've gotten something out of today's episode, we'd love your review. Simply click the link in the show notes to share your thoughts. Until next time, go gently.